This is the Transportation Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration only on market scale. Just to try to reduce crashes and keep traffic moving smoothly, they're going to want a computer behind the wheel rather than a human. If problems mean more money spent on transportation, it can hurt your bottom line. Welcome to Market Scale Transportation. I'm your host, Sean Heath. My grandfather always told me that you should learn everything that you can because you never know when you're going to need it. I always thought that meant you might be in an emergency situation and it could save your life. I never really thought that it could come into play if I ever decided to change career fields. Well, my guest on the podcast today has experience with that. He has one of the most unique career paths I think I've ever heard, and I can't wait to talk to him about it. Today's guest is Bob Coulter. He's the Director of Data Acquisitions and Technology for TransShield. Bob, how are you today? Good. Nice to meet you, Sean. It's a pleasure to meet you. Let's go ahead and get it out of the way. Please tell our listeners what you did in a previous life. Um, I started my career in Hollywood, uh, worked there for about 12, 13 years, uh, started pretty much on the ground floor and worked up into uh, directing and producing mainly commercials and music videos. Uh, then left Hollywood and we started a game development company and did uh, racing simulation titles. That makes no sense to me at all. I mean, congratulations, it's well done, but that path, it, you obviously took certain skill sets and talents from one career to the next, and then you brought those to TransShield. Why was this such a natural progression for you? Because for you to be working in the department you're working at at TransShield makes total sense to me now that I look back and see what you did before. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, when I when I originally left Hollywood, uh, my background was mainly producing uh, with some directing and production design experience was what I did before that. And uh, some of the technologies that we used outside of the editing process, more in post-production was uh, in the CGI realm, which would be Autodesk, like the 3DS Max software. Uh, and I really didn't have a lot of experience using that software, but I understood a lot about it and knew kind of how to direct uh, what we would do within the confines of the software. And then when I left Hollywood and we started doing game development, we basically created a racing simulation title, uh, worked with ARCA and NASCAR teams. Uh, the same software that we were using out in Hollywood was what the the modelers and a lot of the guys that were developing the 3D component of the game, it's what they were using. So I understood that uh, the software they were using, and I kind of you know knew had a grasp on what they were doing. Uh, it was pretty wild. I kind of thought at the very beginning, just that they were, you know, the, the software was transcending and I knew it was a media software. Uh, but when I got into TransShield and we brought the technology here, it was kind of wild that you could utilize the same exact technology for something that is really outside of what the software is even built for. Uh, but it provides the perfect platform for us to do what we're doing. And the skill set for the, from the development side, for the modelers, transferred right over pretty seamlessly for me it was more you know i think when i left la it was more just building a team to create something uh and then when we came to transshield basically the the entire team that we developed the software with 
is now on board at Transshield. So we have the, the bands back together just under a different roof, so to speak. I did see a couple of common threads, and please correct me if I'm wrong, in your career. And that is being able to have a creative mindset, but also being driven by production schedules. Data acquisitions and technology, that department, obviously those two skill sets play into what you do, but what is the basic function of the DAT department there at Transshield? The basic function really is, and I can give you a a quick rundown of kind of what they did before we were there. Uh, Before we came in, Transshield developed their products. Basically, we make covers for uh, anything from industrial to marine applications and uh, into the military. They draped plastic over whatever object it is they were covering. So much like a tailor would make a suit, they're draping plastic and kind of refining that pattern. And then that pattern then gets flattened out and digitized in to do their final seam tolerances and all the things they do on the textile side. Uh, and what we brought was really the ability to kind of bypass all the manual effort that you put into patterning something and bring more of a digital component where we could work with files, uh, whether it be a company sends us a model of a boat, and then we can utilize that model to then go in in 3D and create the initial draping or the, uh, and then flatten that into a flattened pattern. Uh, or we laser scan uh, the objects. Uh, but mainly what the, the DAT department does is, is all of the design uh, and the final kind of engineering and, and pattern design uh, for every cover that we do. We still do have some guys out there that do hand pattern certain things if if they can't get models or if in the military sometimes they're not going to let us come in and scan uh, with our 3D scanner. So sometimes we still do use the older method, but uh, it really opened up the door for uh, a lot of a lot more outreach uh, for the sales team to be able to uh, really get out there and acquire information or allow us to acquire information to. Uh, create new accounts or, or streamline existing accounts and the designs of their product. When you say you cover everything, you're not kidding. I, I was looking at the website the other day and I saw a boat, a car, a tank. I would not have thought that a tank would need to be covered. And yet it makes just as much sense to cover a tank, a multi-million dollar vehicle, as it does to cover, you know, your fancy 65 Corvette. Yeah, you know, and I, I really didn't understand a whole lot about the cover industry. Uh, a friend uh, from when I was younger, or actually a few friends from when I was younger, uh, kind of founded and, and built Transshield up uh, f- from the ground up. And when I, I was always interested in what they did, but really didn't know a whole lot about how they created their products. Uh, when I came over and learned about the materials that they use and the corrosion inhibitors, and then you know, you look at the military and think of all these tanks and equipment and stuff stored in fields that if you can protect it from corrosion, I mean, there's billions and billions of dollars. I, I can't remember the number, but I remember our, uh, the VP of our business development and head of the military stuff had mentioned uh, that there's a huge percentage of our GDP just rots away in fields. So protecting those assets is is quite valuable for the military and get stuff back in action uh, quickly without as much service. So there's a, a definite need for the product but it definitely was far more widespread than I thought from the original conversations I had had. I think it's probably safe to say that your department focuses on the development of the development process. You're, you're able to be extremely efficient because of the way you approach the design stage. 
um, which saves in materials and, as you mentioned, saves in the manual costs. You can do things much more quickly and more accurately. Not a lot of uh, real-world trial and error has to take place because you've already crunched the numbers before you even send the order to manufacturing to say, make us this thing fitting these specs. Exactly. And 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 we work closely with the sales guys and uh, Matt Beat, who's our executive vice president, another one of the the really the guys that helped build Transshield up from the ground. Uh, they have an immense amount of tribal knowledge from the you know, 20 years, 20 plus years from the time we started. Uh, so we're able to collaborate with them, uh, also collaborate with the customer, utilize you know a digital render or a, a kind of a snapshot of a 3D object with the cover on it, and really kind of go through that conceptualization phase. Uh, and as you said, kind of iron out some of the kinks, uh, really try and get to the point where before we actually cut material or go and produce a prototype that we've, you know, it's been more well thought out. And by the time we get to actually uh, going out and fitting a cover, we've been able to do a little more homework. Whereas the guys that are out patterning, uh, they, they have little time and they go out and they pattern it the best they can. And this way allows us to focus more on the functionality of the cover instead of just trying to get the cover in the can you know, so to speak, as far as just capturing that data, uh, that port, the getting the data is rather the simple portion of it. Uh, the conceptualization is where we're able to focus more of our efforts, which I think really aids the process uh, and ends up with a cover that hopefully is P1 and done or, you know, fits right the first time. In a previous life, you designed a VR simulator. I think it would be very appropriate if you were to go back and design a cover for the VR car, but that's another conversation for another day. Um, how does 3D modeling transition from virtual reality to real-world applications? It seems like it would be pretty seamless. Yeah, I mean, it really does. I, I think that, and I, I've said it whenever I, we speak to people that come into the company, uh, we're probably one of the very few people that utilize the software we utilize in this manner. It's it's really built more for media creation, for uh you know, film and, and games, uh, 3ds max is pretty much the, the engine of software that they use to make like, you know, avatar or really mainstream CGI based, uh, films. And if you think about that, they're creating a character or an object and then to texture that object in a film or in a video game, they have to flatten basically the layer of the object kind of digitally paint it and then rewrap it around it. Well, Nick Steelman, who worked with me uh, and helped found the company, the Sim Factory that we work with, uh, really has been doing this for 15 years. So when we started looking at what software to use, he knew right away. He said, hey, if we can, we're wrapping it, unwrapping it, and then wrapping it back around the object, maybe not in full scale. But if we click here and do it in full scale, we're able to uh, basically have the same exact thing. So it, it really transition perfectly into what we're doing so it's there's a lot of products out there that work in this in this industry that are you know more of a niche product uh this is more mainstream but it works perfectly and it's it's you know i'm, I'm glad that we're using it because we have great support with the software and it's uh you know really given us a a good step forward and and developing the department and utilizing this software to kind of better TransShield's products. Changing gears for just a second, I want to step out into the actual real-world application of a TransShield cover. You use an application called a Vapor Corrosion Inhibitor Additive, or a VCI. When we originally 
mentioned covers, I thought, oh, well, it keeps them from getting wet. But the rain falling on the metal of a particular vehicle or the fiberglass of a vehicle, that's not the only moisture that gets on that vehicle. Can you talk to me just briefly about how this VCI adds an extra layer of protection into the package? Yeah. I mean, I know our our R&D and engineer guys could probably better answer it in a more technical manner, but uh, from what I understand and is that basically the VCI uh, forms kind of a, a a barrier inside the cover where it's almost, if you could think of it like an aerosol or a smoke, it, it kind of permeates the air underneath the cover and adds a, a, a protective layer to help stop and prevent corrosion on the object. So you've got the moisture protection from the cover. Uh, I think they have antimicrobials and things. Uh, I know moss and all that kind of mildew and bacteria. I think that also speeds up corrosion but that vci kind of attacks all the components uh besides the the actual water that we're protecting it from it's attacking the the uh things inside the cover which can kind of become like a greenhouse effect when you cover something because of the temperature differences it provides that uh, a far more aggressive layer of protection underneath the cover to protect from corrosion and uh i i believe uh, bacteria or mildew forming things that can speed up corrosion and they could better answer that. But uh, to, from my knowledge, it really acts more of as a internal protective kind of layer uh, under the cover. Using these technological advancements, specifically 3D modeling, it feels like that would expand the reach of the company or it would allow you to dream bigger than the massive amount of things you do now. Do you think that's true? Yeah, you know, I I, I know that the sales guys and and you know the president, and the vice president. I think that they're, you know, what what they see out there and where that they believe they can go. Uh, I think they have a pretty good idea of what they can do. I think that you know financially, any company is going to have uh, have some roadblocks along the way as far as how far they can reach out. And I think that. Uh, Having a more digital process allows them to, and us to really be able to acquire information, you know, from afar, from countries maybe outside the the United States or North America, where it really wouldn't be financially smart to try and go to five, six, seven times to try and get one cover uh, designed and and finalized. I think your expenses would be too much. Where it allows us to be able to work with uh, companies outside of our, you know, normal range uh, and keep the cost down so that we can really have a bigger outreach as far as the sales team is concerned and, and uh, you know, really go after markets that are, you know, further away than we would if we had to fly there every time. I want to take a moment to brag about your department and TransShield in general. Diverse skill sets seems to be the norm. You you don't have people who just bring one thing to the party at TransShield. You're all multi-skilled for some ridiculous reason. Did that just happen? Did it just happen? Or do you think that was a conscious effort to bring in people that have multiple skills? I imagine it's a little bit of both. I, I'm, I, I would imagine before we were there, you know, they were planning what they were doing. And I think the nature of being in the textile industry uh, you know, your, your design staff is going to, they're going to come from that kind of background. So a lot of them have, are trained fashion designers, uh, all the way through the packaging engineers, the marketing sales. I mean, it's a, it was a pretty diverse 
group of talent when we started. I think we brought kind of, you know, we have our own unique talents and skill sets. But in the end, it's, yes, we could probably produce a lot more than just Transhill with the talent that they have in there. So it was pretty cool to come into it and just kind of see how, how skill sets can be used in so many different ways. And I mean, there's just, there's talent all over the place and, and a lot of companies, but I, I was definitely kind of blown away by just how, how much skill set and how much uh, talent there was within Transhill when we started there. When I was reading your biography, preparing for this podcast, and I realized you had spent time basically designing a video game, I thought maybe I could convince you to join me to become professional Fortnite players. We could be a team next year. We could go to the Fortnite World Championship. You've got to, you've got to be a ringer with all that experience in VR. I think we could make it work. Yeah, I know. My, uh, Nick and Josh, who uh, both developed the software with me and, and work at Transshield, those guys are those guys are the ringers. I, I my son pretty much stole my uh, my PlayStation, so he's uh, he's the one that uses it now. And, and Nick and Josh are are your Fortnite and Apex legends, and they're really good at that game. Well, maybe we just pitch in and sponsor your son and create a team. I mean, that guy, that kid won $3 million this year. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. $3 million. There was another, uh, is that the recent one that they, I think he made more than the guy that won the recent PGA or the Masters, Tiger Woods. You get to sit in a comfy chair and you're in air conditioning and you can drink soda and eat, you know, Doritos. What's wrong with that? That sounds like a perfect sport. Yeah, not a bad gig. Uh, you know what? I'm going to do some research and figure out maybe I, I'll send your son an email. Maybe I can get him to let you borrow the PlayStation on weekends or something, and, and we can make a go of it. <laughs> That'd be nice. I knew I could count on you. My guest on the podcast today, he's a guy you can always count on. It's Bob Coulter. He's the Director of Data Acquisitions and Technology at TransShield. Bob, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really do appreciate it. No problem, Sean. It was great talking with you.